Hello and welcome back to another episode of Times Yours, the Eagles segment on the Garden State of Mind podcast. I am one of your hosts, John. With me here, I have Jeff. Jeff, how are you tonight? Pretty good, John. Pretty good. I haven't seen you since The Irishman. Yes. Garden State of Mind hitting the road. What a great, what a great morning and afternoon. It was a great morning. Very cold. Nice Uber ride. Um... To round it out, for anyone who wasn't aware, we saw The Irishman together. We've both actually seen it twice since last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, not together. We didn't go together twice. That would start to be a little strange. Um, one time when together, I, one time with others. When I came home from the second viewing the next morning, Melinda said, how was it? And I said, for a second, I'm like, you know, I saw it before. She's like, yeah, I'm making fun of you. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> now she didn't care to go to the theater to see it she's just willing to wait once we get into the weekdays yeah then it's it's just impossible i mean not impossible but well, it's difficult she gets... she's she's got the two jobs right yes right yeah it's not easy two jobs yeah. a house to take care of pets hayden right. She's got to worry about Chloe probably at least eight hours out of the day, eight to 12 yeah. while she's awake. Yeah. She's I trying understand. to convince me to go to Candytopia. She's, she has a lot of things on her plate. <laughs> Candytopia. Is that, so is that not a thing for you anymore? It's just a thing for everyone else in your family? Nope. I weaseled out of it. Um, I already have another man coming to my house that day uh, okay. as we wait for everyone. And I've also predicted that everyone's going to be miserable by the time they get home. Uh, their their appointment time was like three, three or three thirty. I said, okay, by the time you get home, it's going to be it's going to be late, it's going to be dark, and you're just going to be so jealous that we were home eating. Call and I know I'm going to be right. And you'll see. <laughs> A world of pure imagination. So, is your brother-in-law going? Yeah, he's going. He couldn't get he's out. His kids, yeah, his kids are little. little. His kids, he right? Do? He's got to be there. Well, honestly, when your kids are that age, you, it's it's not bad. You watching them enjoy it, so it, it adds something. You would get nothing out of watching Hayden meander his way through Candytopia. <laughs> so, so after I you know basically just put my foot down and said i'm not doing this like hayden entered the room at some point and i said uh i said hayden hayden i got news for you he's like what he's like the day after thanksgiving uh we're going to this thing called candytopia with everyone and it, like immediately he was just started he just started like he did everything but tell us like curse us out he's calling us he's calling us names he's saying politically incorrect things He's like, right. I am not doing this. I'm not doing this. You can imagine. And on and on. And I said, stop. I said, come here. I said, come here. What? I said, get over here. I want you to, just, I want you to stand. I'm gonna, I want you to be ready for a big hug I'm going to get from you. He's like, I'm not hugging you. Then he's like, you won't come over. Then I said, 
I said, Hayden, I saved the both of us. So there was no fucking way you and I were going to go to that thing. So you're welcome. So even though we pretend that we're going to make you go for 30 seconds, there was no chance I was going to allow that to happen. What a great dad. <laughs> Did he hug you? No, no, of course not. No, he was probably still pissed. He probably couldn't shake that feeling of being pissed. It was too soon. <laughs> it was too soon. It was too soon. He, now, he, I, there was no way he was getting over that. I did tape some candy up to my wall and wrote Jeffy Topia on my wall. And uh, Hayden already stole some of that candy. He did. Well, yeah. I mean, he's living in the museum. <laughs> Is that allowed? It's not a violation? It's a, it's a world of pure imagination. <laughs> so you have to pretend like that's actually a fun place to be. That's it. It's it's uh I I do feel bad for your brother-in-law, but he'll enjoy it. I think it's only an hour from what I read. It's like an hour to get through the entire exhibit. It's I've just seen, that it's a miserable day. I've seen a pup, a couple people, oh boy. I've seen a couple people uh on Facebook that have been there and it's just like you know, there's like one room where there's confetti pops on you and then there's there's like this ball pit of marshmallows now i don't know if it's real marshmallows hopefully not but oh my god it can't be it or can't be. but it's just it's just like who cares i don't you know it's disgusting and not to interrupt you but i think we just watched uh mason rudolph throw his third pick of the night it's thursday oh, night third? yeah that's, yeah, that's his third I... pick of the night i don't know why on earth i thought this steelers team was going to beat the browns mason rudolph blows Baker Mayfield's not all that great either. I just watch him sail a fucking ball over Odell's head. But yeah. Mason Rudolph is terrible. Well, he's terrible. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the fuck is happening with this football season. You know, everyone throws me off their scent. Uh, I I thought the Rams were going to destroy the Steelers because the Steelers have beaten nobodies. I mean, real nobodies in this season. And yeah. then I thought for sure the Steelers were going to beat the Browns. I was all impressed with Mike Tomlin. I'm like, you know what? This guy's really doing a, doing something this year. You he know, is. everyone's going on and on. But and I'm like, you know, the Browns now they get it together tonight. I mean, they only have two touchdowns, but still, it doesn't take much to get it together. Their defense has, I mean, their defense has been so so this year. Mason Rudolph is terrible. You don't well, you have no to be, you don't have yeah. to be the Niners to stop this guy. No, you got no Connors. Juju's got hurt, and you have Mason Rudolph. Right, like Tomlin's a great, great coach, and he's gotten the defense geared up to where he needs them to be. He, but he's not a magician. He can't make Mason Rudolph play well. Well, I mean, we're watching, we're watching Miami win on the road, and you know the Jets being competitive with. Giants, like we're watching shitty teams do stuff. So yes. I'm like, all right, well the Steelers are marginally better than a shitty team. I mean the Steelers are fucking five and four. You know, you are what your what your record says you are, but you know this I don't game know. though it it had the it just had the upset written all over it. I think a lot of people, although the, I shouldn't say the upset, the Browns are laying points in this one, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the Browns are favored. Yeah, so I guess it's not really an upset, but. My God, Baker, that catch that I just saw happen oh was unbelievable. 
Was that the tight end? Yeah. Yeah, the tight end Carlson just caught that. That was unbelievable. So it's late in the fourth quarter. Wow. Um, So anyway, enough with the play-by-play. Candytopia, not a thing for you. Uh, Congratulations. I thought I was going to somehow get roped into that, but... Uh, yeah, Melinda happen. almost tricked you in the in the going. Or, well, I mean, if she so had, good. if she had, she could. If she had Chloe do what she threatened to have Chloe do, <laughs> I I would be done. I I would definitely be done. But is is Chloe want to do this thing? I don't know. She is. Well, she'll be home. Yeah, she'll be home, and it's like during the day. So, oh well. Uh, I think a lot of listeners are going to want to know, did you wear diapers to the 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 viewing of The Irishman? Well, sadly, I did not. And I just ran out of time when I was prepared to buy them. And then at a certain point, late Friday night, where was I? Oh, uh, coming back from a late game, one of Hayden's games were late Friday night. And I said to Melinda, I'm like, she was driving. I said, oh, pull over. I got to get something. I go in the Walmart, right? And when when I get inside, she realized, she was like, hold on. What is he doing in there? She's texting me from, she's like, are you buying Depends? What are you doing? What are you doing in there? Right. And I went to the Depends aisle and I looked and I saw, you know, it's a weird, it's a really odd picture on the, on the, on the box of Depends where it's like, you know, it's a grown man with like big fat diapers on, and when you say I, grown, is he old? Yeah, like an old man. You know, you can tell it's like an old man body with like you know depends on, and but I did pick them up and I headed towards the the thing. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Let me buy him, right? Yeah. But there was too many people in line, thankfully. So I said, well, I'm not waiting for more than ten seconds to buy these. So I just plopped them down and I left the store. Now, you didn't want to wait just because you didn't feel like waiting in a line or you didn't want to be waiting in a line while holding a box of Depends? Hmm. I'd say a little bit of both. But what mostly, would be worse, I like a box of Depends or a box of tampons under your arm? In oh, line? I don't mind about tampons. I, I hold tampons all day long. I don't care. Yeah, me neither. I, that's why I was asking. I mean, I've, my God, I guess I've bought them a thousand times for my wife um yeah the depends i i don't know that i want to stand in line with those i'm not trying to call anybody out who has to wear them but that that, that's not something i want to do for a long time you you know uh the the irishman did a great job of kind of uh you know kind of uh making us grapple with our own mortality you know getting older I just uh, I'm just happy right now that I'm still able to hold my piss in. You know, I can watch a three and a half hour movie. I can yeah. still I can still move around. I can walk. I can run if if possible, if necessary. But you know, I'm still, you know, who who knows how many good years we have left? Well, that feeling of getting older really started before the movie even began because we were surrounded by ninety year olds <laughs> in were. that theater. Well, yeah, we were, yeah, we were shocked at, we, we were in there first and <laughs> it's the graduates of the class of 42, uh, in that, in that fucking theater, just like, you know, we were there like for an early bird special. We got there first 
And then you and I were like, wow, I can't believe no one's in here. And then every other person that came in after us said, oh, wow, no one's in here. And then it did fill up a little. It did pretty much fill up. but It did. It, as a matter of fact, we had a special friend sitting in between us. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to talk. You could talk about that. I'm still well, upset. No, that was just we, – we, we conveniently uh, situated ourselves so that we had a, a seat in between. I was on the aisle because I knew that, you know, no depends, obviously. I had to – I was going to have to go to the bathroom at least one time. I knew that. And so I wanted the aisle seat. You went two in, you know, or three in, I should say. So it was one in between us. The, the theater filled up. And then, and I was like, great. You know, I told you, it, it was just like when a flight, you hear the engine start up on the flight and they're closing the, the cabin door. You're like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. I got an empty seat next to me. That's how it. I felt. That's how I felt. Yeah. And then, God damn it. It was like two minutes in to the movie. This woman, all of a sudden this woman appears to my right and she's like, is anyone sitting there? I'm like, shit. And I, I wanted to say yes, but my fear was that the theater was already filled up. I couldn't tell. And my fear was that she was going to wind up coming back, having that, you know, that being the only seat open. And oh, she would say, was... wait, why well, didn't you know? Didn't, you didn't think of that that much. There was seats. I in really there. did. Really? I didn't think I didn't think so. I really did. I thought, oh, I don't want her to come back. I don't want her to to find out that I'm lying. I did. I just didn't want I... that. So what it over me for three hours? We were what? We were like in the in the third row from the back, something like that. Yeah, I mean it wasn't a very deep theater, so even so, in the back, we still had you know it was great. It was great viewing. We uh, weren't. Position. Yeah, well, we weren't in the we weren't in the last row, but and there was you know the rows were full in front of us, but they weren't in, they weren't totally full, and you know just on its face, it was it's really an extremely odd choice for this woman to sit there. If I was coming was. into, I I've been to many movies by myself and if I can't be in the back row in the corner or dead center, if no one's near me, you know, I'm just going, I'm going anywhere where I'm by myself. And for her to just choose third row between two men without First of all, I would just look at that and be like, oh, someone must be sitting there. Like, you know, who in the who in the world would just leave an empty spot there? Like it's Well, and there know. was like a jacket. I had my jacket on that chair. I had all my shit there. Yeah. I mean, how many Oh, you did? Yeah, I had a ton of shit there. Like I would if I you was a... her, I would have looked at that and I would have thought, oh, somebody's there. I wouldn't have even stooped over to ask what, you know, what was going on. Who thinks to even ask for that seat with their stuff on it? I've forgotten I, I you had. Know. I had forgotten you had stuff on it. That's insane. Now was that a, a stranger seat for her to choose, or was it stranger for the person who was maybe the fifth one in the theater after <laughs> us to go up to the goddamn front row, front right, and sit maybe four feet from the screen when the entire theater was empty? I know we were obsessed with her too. Uh, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing I'll say is that she's like, all right, maybe she's wants to really be by herself. And she's like, well, Noah's going to come near me in the front rows. So maybe that was her thinking. Yeah. Unless you have a, a medical condition where you have no like vertebrae, no bones in your neck. 
and your face just faces upwards to the ceiling, that's the only reason I can imagine why you would want to sit in that seat. Oh, you didn't see her when she left? Yeah, she actually did not have bones in her neck. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you her noticed Her head that. just like kind of flops backwards. Yes, she had no neck bones. Yeah. She's like an infant. Sin. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sad, was, but you know, to hold her head up. And see, I, now I feel bad making fun of her. She's no, no vertebrae. Nah. It's a rare condition. It's invertebrate. We, it was an invertebrate at the Irish. <laughs> well, but, so before we had our, our night, our, our friend next to us, the place literally smelled like mothballs. All these... it, <laughs> it smelled like, it smelled like my aunt Esther's house. Yeah. It, it, on the main line when I was a kid, you know, that I, I, I was shocked. It was, it was, it was pronounced. Well, about 70 people that in that theater had just gotten their winter coats out of the fucking yes. closet. <laughs> yeah, it was a chilly day, right? <laughs> That's so... what it was. I mean, it was like low 30s or high 20s. I can't remember what it was at that time. And all these blue-haired people got their, their winter coats out of the mothball-ridden closets. And, yeah. I mean, it, remember, I turned to you. I was like, God damn it, do you smell mothballs? <laughs> and... At first you were like, no. And then you're like, oh shit, I do smell it. I mean, and then it was just, it was consuming you. Like I well, couldn't get it out of my nostrils. I I wish I would have, you know, we needed that, uh, that stuff that, uh, agent Starling put under her nose when she checked out that, uh, that fat corpse. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That, um, God, what is that stuff? I don't it's know. like the opposite of smelling salts. It's probably uh, just numbs your. I'm assuming it just numbs your nostrils. I put yeah. Maybe we should have put Ben Gay under there. I'm sure if someone had Ben Gay on them. We could have banned for it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. It's like those are two smells I could associate with my grandmother's house. <laughs> like mothballs. Well, my one grandmother who didn't smoke mothballs and Ben Gay, and then uh, my other grandmother, uh, cigarette smoke is probably the, the closest association. So, I mean, the first thing we're doing, and we're still doing it, it was we're making fun of old people. We're both 47 years old. So is it a matter of we just have to make fun of them for as long as we can? We don't care that, you know, that's us soon? Well, first of all, soon. Let's not, let's not rush. Let's not rush things. I would consider myself old once I cross 65. Okay. I'm going to give myself another 18 years. Yeah, you know how fast 18 years goes? Well, uh, now. I mean, I'm trying to think the last 18. Yeah, the last 18 really flew by, actually. So you're my probably right about that. Yeah, my daughter just turned 18, dude. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Well, and how old is Hayden? 16. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I can remember when he was a baby. So, yeah, the time really does fly. But who cares? I, 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 we, I can make we – can, we can, you know, poke fun at them. All right. I, I mean, I – Animosity. I love the elderly. Right. I'm not going to stop. I'm just saying, you know. You can make fun of any age group. I make fun of uh, these nitwit 20-somethings and the way that they're going about themselves in this world. So why How can't I make fun of the elderly? All right. How old was this fucking bitch that sat between us? You know, I didn't get a good look. She could have been 30 or 50. Yeah. I just don't know. And, like, was she starving? I mean, I, 
I, I am so mad at people that don't realize that they can't eat. When you eat in the movies, you wait till the loud mark, loud parts, loud music. No one, you don't need to be crunching, and then and then with bags. Cut <laughs> it out. We're all fucking all over this theater. We can't hear. Stop well, eating. That wasn't eating. That was people's bones fucking crumbling. <laughs> I mean, also, a lot of osteoporosis. The osteoporosis count was very high in that in that theater. Yeah, on Saturday. You know, you when, you when you think about how this world has has morphed into, you know, there's a there, there's a water bottle everywhere you go. You know, just like we, like we have all these, you know, these like beverage needs that they're always happening. Like, I, you know, I went half my life with never drank this much water. Now I need a water bottle if I just drive around the block. And <laughs> it's you water, know, well, it's everywhere. You can get water everywhere. Yes, and then, but. When you go to a movie, do you have to just eat? Like, do you need popcorn? Is that how often do most people eat popcorn in movies and then eat it outside of a movie? Never, or one percent, they'll have popcorn when they're not in a movie. Why do people have to just shovel popcorn? Like, they just can't just watch the fucking. It's a Martin Scorsese picture. Just fucking sit <laughs> back and watch it. Why, well, why is that tell to you fucking that I, eating time? I had to get popcorn because I did not eat breakfast. And I drank a coffee and my stomach, I felt like I was going to throw up. So that's why I, I ate every last kernel in that bag of popcorn. But I'm very certain that I was not crunching because I'm very mindful of that. It was a yeah, quiet I, I, movie. Well, I heard her crunching. Hopefully it wasn't you as well. <laughs> well but I mean, she was probably drowning me out. Listen, everyone in that theater's had a procedure. I've had one. You, you fast the night before. Pretend to pretend the Scorsese picture is a is a you know is an operation. You can't eat the I'm night real, before. Deal with it. I'm a real baby. I'm a real baby when it comes to. You're having thing. coffee. I was like shocked. I'm like what? The coffee? Oh look, I already knew I was going to be getting up to take a piss in the middle of this movie. So did you? you know, go ahead. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I um I left. Oh, that's right. I went I to take when... a piss right when right when Hoffa got out of jail. Spoilers. Ah, that's okay. That's in the history books. Um, so what were your uh, just your thoughts? I I, I was saying earlier I don't want to go into a deep dive on the movie. So many people haven't seen it. I think it's unfair. They're not going to want to hear this. Um. If we're going to give spoilers, but you know, what are some of your thoughts about just the movie itself? Where does it stand in the pantheon of Scorsese films for you? Wow. Well, I, I, I really, I've avoided talking to people. I went with my friend on, you know, like three nights later and I didn't tell him anything. And I didn't even comment on Facebook because I didn't want to ruin it. And there's still one thing that I, don't want to say because I want to, I want people to be surprised about it. And right. I think, you know what I'm talking about. It's a certain person. And yeah. I think, I think just saying that will ruin it. I don't want to ruin that because I, it, it was just a great, it, it just made it that much better for me because I wasn't expecting something to happen. Yeah. And it did. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it I'm fine if we don't spoil it, and I, I don't know, I can't really get much deeper than that. I mean, we could just, you know, next week is what? Is next week Thanksgiving? No, God, it's no. not. No, no. A week and weeks. a half. Do we really want to yeah. sit on this for a week and a half? Of course, we can. I mean, I could talk. I can talk about the movie without giving much away. I mean, I could talk about the performances. I mean, what do you, 
you know, what else would you expect? I mean, De Niro was De Niro. Pesci was Pesci. Um, if anything, I would say he was an understated, you know, an understated character, a real life character. Right. Um, and Pesci played it to perfection. And Pacino was larger than life, but not in the Pacino way. It was, I just think he morphed into uh, Jimmy Hoffa. And, and quite honestly, that Hoffa character, when I saw the movie with Maureen the other night, now when, when you and I saw it together, I was, I was laughing at the parts where you're supposed to laugh. But that one scene in particular, when uh, all I'm going to say is when Hoffa is unloading on some of his men, mm-hmm. um, I think you know what's, what scene I'm, I'm yeah. referencing. I, I was crying. When I saw the movie with Maureen, I was crying laughing. I could, they had to, that had to be 10 takes on that scene. <laughs> it really did. And I don't know. Do you, do you watch, um, have you seen like all of the curbs? Did you see the curbs where, where Larry David was, was in a Scorsese movie? Yeah, of course. Okay. Do you remember the episode where he was, they were actually filming a scene and he's on the rooftop Yeah. and he's supposed to be a mob boss. He's got the mustache and that crazy wig on and he's. <laughs> Do you remember he was screaming? It's just screaming at them and fuck you. You want your fucking money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ex- that. I swear to you, Maureen and I were talking about this. There had to be some inspiration for Scorsese from that scene because it reminded me so much. I was waiting for Hoffa to start throwing money in their fucking faces. <laughs> it really reminded us of that moment on Curb, and I can't even remember what season it was. It was the season of Kerr when Larry's mother died. I just, that's all I remember from that episode. Um, but that scene where Pacino <coughs> is screaming at his employees, I just, I lost it. And I was like, wow, this guy, he really, I forgot he was Pacino for, for most of the movie. I have to say. Now you don't think you spoiled everything. What I just said. What with about him yelling at people just in general? No, no. Or now I did by asking you the question. Well, I don't... What do you mean, spoiled it? I mean, did people not know that he was Jimmy Hoffa? No, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I don't... I might have spoiled Curb. I don't think I spoiled this movie. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get... What are you, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. All, right. all, I, all, all I said was that he was in a room screaming at his employees. That's all. And that yeah, made me laugh. I, I, I guess I'm just I'm just too sensitive about You're very sensitive. I mean, I you know, what can I say? There are there are scenes with people in them. Is that giving too much away? <laughs> am I am I going overboard? A little bit. Scenes with people. Yeah. How dare you? Scenes with people. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get into all the other cameos and actors and actresses. Let people find out for themselves. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but you know, by just by some of the cameos that I wasn't aware of, I just thought everyone did an amazing job and, um, it, it's a movie that stayed with me yes. and I couldn't wait to see, you know, after, after we left on Saturday, I, I, I did nothing but think about it all day. I downloaded the book, uh, that night, uh, heard your pain houses, right. Mm-hmm. Um, good. And it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's different. I started, I'm probably like 50, 60 pages in whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, I was kind of just inspired. I'm starting to read up on just Hoffa, the whole, the whole thing, reading everything I can. 
And I couldn't wait to see it again, but it stayed with me. It was very, uh, it was just a touching movie. Touching. Uh, great performances, heartfelt, and I don't know, man. I felt like we were living in that world for three and a half hours. Yeah, they, they flew by. Um, I didn't have to pee at all. Um, I didn't even pee after the movie. Took the Uber back and then peed. Um, I thought you pissed before the movie. Well, yeah, of course. But I'm saying I didn't yeah. have – it's not like I was – you know, I was so concerned that I was going to piss myself. It didn't right. come into play. Uh, yeah, right. you know, I think overall I agree with everything you said. And, you know, I feel like it's just a perfect movie for us, for our age. You know, we we were just old enough to – you know, kind of remember when Raging Bull. Oh my God, did you see that? I did. Yeah, a, a crazy Jesus fight Christ. just broke out in the in the Steelers Browns game. I mean, somebody was kicking and pu- that was that was pretty hardcore. I know these teams hate each other. He hit him with eight an seconds end. left in this game. Mason he slammed him with a helmet. Right, he took his helmet and hit him with his own helmet off his bare head. Was he hitting Mason Rudolph? Yeah, it looked like it hit him. Holy I don't shit. understand. Why was Mason Rudolph getting hit? I, I don't know. Jesus Christ. Uh, who goes after a quarterback like that? Dude, this dude uh, swung a helmet at someone's head. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you, you know, he's going to be fine. He's going to be eject, uh, ejected. What am I saying? He's going to be suspended. That, that's going to be a few-game suspension right there. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, well, what the right. hell? Yeah, I mean, so he, he sacked him. Sacked him, him. And then he he starts or, roughing him up, rips his helmet off of him. Oh, my God. He ripped the helmet off. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, he clawed Oh, my God. The, he killed him. I told you. He fucking whacked him in the head. Wow. And then, an, and then another shit. defender came up and threw Rudolph to the ground. Uh, Rudolph Dude, was that's... going for his helmet first. Oh, he was. Oh, well. But I guess. Uh, but I mean, to to then slam it on, Dude, that's. Oh wow, dude, he's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's definitely done. I mean that that could be you're done for this. Oh season. my god, they're kicking him in the head when he's down. Pouncey's it's kicking just like, him in uh, the head. As we're talking about Scorsese, dude, that. Oh <laughs> that my hit, god! That hit the Rudolph took to the head was this dude was out for three weeks with the concussion this year. And he fucking did. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be entering the concussion protocol again very soon. Wow. Uh, okay. So anyway, that was like <laughs> that was a beating worthy of uh, De Niro stomping on on uh, what's his name Billy in Bats. Ray Liotta's bar. Oh yeah, Billy Bats. Well, you know. Uh, wow, I, I forget what I was saying, but you know, that, something I was talking to you about, about uh, Scorsese, Jesus Christ, uh, Scorsese and violence, where you know, everyone's like, oh, Scorsese, just, all he does is he relies on blood and violence, and all he does is mob movies. You know, now it's hard not to say that you know, violence happened in, in, in The Irishman. And it was mob related, certainly, but you know, I thought I thought there was certain points made to almost avoid the violence, even though the real life it's all real life. And there was a great technique he used when he would introduce people, and you know, into their futures, 
um, yes. you know, whatever violence became of them. And, you know, it was just, uh, just, a, just a great subtle job by Scorsese, just start to finish. It, it was, it was, yeah, you're right. There were like, there was some, uh, he had some very cool stylings in the, in this movie. And yeah, I mean, you, you can't even compare it to a Goodfellas. Just, it's just different. Um, gangster movie or not. Well, and you know, so Goodfellas, Casino, you know, they're, they're, they're naturally, we're going to talk about them in the same way, but you know, there was such, they were for lack of a better word, just so alive. And, you know, even down to soundtrack choices in those movies where, you know, you, it was a whirlwind that you're, you know, you're, you're watching Henry Hill grow up and, you know, even though his end is not good, you know, we're, we're certainly on his side and like, you know, oh, we're like, all right, we're glad he ratted on them and kind of got out of it or whatever in a way. Um, but, but the Irishman, I, you know, you have to sit with this guy and the things that he've done, he's done and it, you can't help but reflect on your own life, your own regrets. Uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it, it sticks with you. Well, yeah, it really does, and or it did, and uh, I think, I think what I liked about the movie a lot is there's a lot of focus on relationships, you know, relationships between some of these people, and I think in a way that you didn't see in Goodfellas and Casino or whatever other movies you want to kind of kind of bring in, but certainly in the gangster world, this it felt more about the people and less about the gangster if that makes any sense. Yes. And you never, you know, you got a sense of, you know, of the friendships, the bonds. And, and, you know, um, you know, we, we saw, uh, we saw Frank Vincent, you know, kill or, you know, beat, beat Joe Pesci within an image of his life. I mean, you know, when you get an order, that's what these guys do. And, you know, this is not new territory, but, it was it, it just hit home a lot more in this one um, and the soundtrack was subtle, was was beautifully subtle and the theme song and that and what's that what's that instrumental song that uh, the guitar or whatever it is you know what I'm talking about uh, shoot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's like I know it, but definitely Whatever not that from one. that rendition. But I, <laughs> <laughs> we've heard I know it, what you're talking heard, about. We've heard it in a million fucking things. No. Um, you know, obviously, great use of slow, it's, mo- slow motion. Um, yeah, it's it's a, that's a song. The one that you were trying to do. It's a song that you would play when somebody is like sitting on the dock. Yes. By by water, right? You know, it's I know what song you're talking about. It's an old fifties kind of a yeah. You've heard it a million times. And um, are they ending this game early? And why is Freddie Kitchens not wanted to end? Everyone get off this field. I'm sorry, this is really fucking up our Irish sprint, but this is. He's trying to get. Yeah, I don't know. It is fucking up our Irish. And that was the craziest thing I've seen in a long time at the end of a football game. This, this is this is like the that uh, the our test melee. This is definitely on par with that. I, I I'm 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 just shocked. Good for the Steelers, I guess they're leaving. Uh, fuck this, five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
I, I, I can't believe what we've just seen here. I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, it was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. And that was Miles Garrett. You know, so the Browns having to play without him for the next four weeks or however long he's going to be suspended, that's going to hurt. Oh, you, uh, that was crazy. You you got to kick him out for the rest of the year. You know, yeah, you can't do that. You got to set a precedent here. Like you cannot rip a player's helmet off and smash him in the head with it. Like you could kill somebody. Now Rudolph tried to rip off his helmet for some reason first. I guess he wanted to. He was mad. He got sacked. <laughs> I think threw, Rudolph's a dummy and threw four interceptions. What is he um, doing going after Miles Garrett? Has he looked in the mirror? Does he realize he can't take that man? That man grabbed him by his helmet and pulled him to his feet, then ripped his helmet off of him, then reached over somebody else and smashed him in his head with his own helmet. God damn. One of my son's yeah, teammate was... one of my son's teammates got into it. There was this real chippy game and they kicked him out. They said he tried to take off uh, the other kid's helmet. Um and he was suspended for three games. Oh, well, sure. You can't yes. do this shit. I mean, it just can't be part of the game. I don't want to see that. Oh, boy. Look, Freddie Kitchens is pissed. He is telling them to get the fuck in the locker room. Yeah, he's going to lose, like, five players in his already fucked up season. Well, and how does that make him look, you know? Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Good to well, see you yeah. again, Mike yeah, Cobble. Hey, right, have a good out. night. Yeah. I got to go get some fucking aspirin for uh, Mason. <laughs> Man, man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Talk about cracking skulls. Uh, I'm so sorry, but, you know, I guess our football fans will understand that this is. There's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, I, think... I can't. We can't not be distracted by this. This was crazy. By the time somebody hears this, they will have seen that. That's going to be all over Sports Center if you're watching in the morning. If yeah. you're watching. You know, th late Thursday night into Friday morning. It's going to be everywhere. That'll be the story of the day. The day? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, right. We're going to hear Phil Simms uh, pontificating about it this weekend on whatever show he's doing on CBS. Uh, I'm sure I'll have to hear Troy Aikman and Joe Buck talking about it. Uh, right. It's going to be very... I've just watched it. Okay, I get it. He was uh, acting like a fucking animal. And he smashed somebody in the head with their helmet. Like it was in a street fight. <laughs> I don't know. Not much else to it. I just want to know why was it... Like he sacked the quarterback, right? Like what was what happened to turn everything into a melee? Shit. I don't know. I'm so mad because I started recording it. And it didn't, it didn't record before the, the fight started. Or I'm pretty sure you'll be able to YouTube it in about 20 minutes if you like. Yeah, I just wanted to hear the live, if there was any, you know, I wanted to hear the live talking. But I guess well, we're sitting here talking about the Irishman, and, I'm, and meanwhile, you know, I'm just watching the TV as we're talking, <laughs> and I'm watching that unfold. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? But it's it's so what, tough to like talk yeah. about it while people are listening. You know, like I don't know, I, I didn't know want to do that either. It's a shame, but well, it's it's this is our Kennedy assassination, Johnny. It is. <laughs> Speaking of the Irishman. Speaking of um, the Yeah, so I, I guess those are my right, thoughts. Well, Without getting into the... I can't wait to actually talk about the movie. I really want to do that because we haven't really done that besides... You know, we talked about it, but 
I think to really dive into it, I'm looking forward to it. I just want to be able to do it when people have a frame of reference. So you really want to wait for like two weeks? Yeah, that's fine. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again that day, and we could we could record that night. I, I say this time next week, we do a full review, and then by that time, the, the podcast will be out for a couple of days. Everyone can go back and listen. Won't be the end of the world. All right, if you think so. I mean, I saved I saved Adnan's <laughs> podcast from you know two months ago. And listen to it. Yeah, but he didn't even talk about like he talked about, but he didn't talk about. I listened. He didn't get into the plot. Yeah, but he said he said things that I, you know, I'm glad I didn't hear. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I like it. I like this take. Uh, Great take. Yeah. Um, I like this review. Did you know? Did you know? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I think I lost it already. Go ahead. Did you notice there was no food? Like, um, no, no Italian food, no fun food. Like, normally you see Goodfellas, you know, it's like all you see is these great meals and even Casino, you know, Scorsese's mom is making stuff. Like, this was all, you know, you saw some shitty hot dogs. You know, there was nothing, there, there wasn't even that, that sense of the great food of this culture was was even there. Well, besides the steaks, which looked pretty good, I would have to agree with you. Um, yeah, you're right. There was like, there was the, the, the dog with, uh, the chili dog, right? Yeah. And I guess that, yeah, I guess that's about it. That was it. You're right. And the bread, I mean, well, the, the bread, they, they would, they would dip, but you know, what was the Irishman? Were they going to eat fucking potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> what's a, what's an Irish uh, six course meal? A potato and Cor- what is it? A six corn pack beef and, and cabbage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, corn beef yeah. and cabbage, potatoes. That would be the that would be the number one meal. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what. Know. What else are we going to say about this now? Like that's it. All right, that's all we can. Yeah, say. that's it. That's it. I mean, just uh, loved it. What I about feel season? bad for anyone who didn't get to see it in the theater. You know, uh, my cousin's texting me on that Tuesday, <clears throat> and he said, so how was The Irishman? And I said, do you really want an answer? Like, I didn't want to tell him that it was great or not. And I said, well, are you going to see the movies or, or wait? He's like, I'm going to wait. I said, all right, I'll just tell you it was great. I'm going again tonight. And he's like laughing, like, why are you going again? I was like, I said, uh, well, I want to see it on the big screen as, as many times as I can. And he just did like an LOL. Like I was just an insane person, I think. Well, I mean, I guess is he not um, fired up about Scorsese? No, and, you know, I, like, obviously not. I mean, he's going to watch it. Everyone's going to watch it, I feel like. Uh, the second showing was, was, wasn't the same size theater, but it was still, you know, it was a good crowd in there. I mean, you just didn't see what money it did. Did you notice that? How much it took in? I, I didn't. I mean, you know, it's going to be limited. It was right. only at a few hundred theaters across the country, right? Yeah, but it feels like they were adding a lot. I see, there was a lot of opportunities to see this. 
Well, yeah, I mean, New York had a ton of showings from what I saw, but Philadelphia only had the two theaters and, you know, a few times a day. And I guess they had it running in two theaters in each two two screens in each theater. What'd you uh, what'd you think about the CGI the second time? I was fine with it. Honestly, I mean, I think there was some weirdness here and there. The adding the blue eyes to De Niro was a little strange at times. Um, but I got used to it quickly. It was odd at first. I think what you notice um, even more so is not so much the CGI, but the physicality, you know, of an older man trying to act out it as if you were a younger man. Right. So say you were like stomping on someone. Yeah. You're going to stomp on them differently at age 65. That was. Then you, then you will at age 35. Yeah. That was probably the worst. If there was a worst part of the movie, it was that. I, it was terrible. It was, but, <laughs> but I can't fault them for it. You know, <clears throat> they went for it and that, that was the fallout. You know, you're not going to hit every mark, but we're, you know, we're going there already. You, you have to watch this movie. That's why it's going to be interesting to see it on TV, uh, because on the big screen, you know, I was fine with it. it. Even that, even the very first scene with Pesci and De Niro, where it was supposed to be, you know, the first time they met, I, you know, I guess it was like the second time I kind of like forced myself to look at it and and decide if it was weird or not. And I was like, I guess it is a little weird, but I don't know. I was just I was immediately into the story, and of course, there's a great tracking shot. You know, the first scene of the of the film that just takes you right in the world. I'm ready to go. I was excited as I could fucking be. So, you know, it just it just all worked for me. I'd be, you know, I'm definitely interested to see, like, the, how the casual people think about it. Yeah, I'm wondering myself. I mean, like I said, Maureen and I loved it. Maureen cried at the end. Um and, I, you know, I don't think I'm giving anything away there, to be honest no. with you. But she was uh, a very emotional at the end. And that was kind of how I felt. I was a little bit, you know, blah at the end of it because um, I think it just took a lot out of me. But, yeah, I will be, be very interested to hear how the public reacts. I'm sure I'm going to be very disappointed with people's takes on it, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. You know, the non-Scorsese lovers, I'm going to be... It, it, it's going to make me sad, and which is probably why I won't read a lot of well, reviews because I don't need to. Well, I'll tell you what a weirdo I am. I went right to Rotten Tomatoes, and there was, I don't know, 100 reviews, and there were five bad ones or so, five or six. I only read the bad ones, and I was just, you know, I sent you one. It was, like, insane, and then I, you know... Yeah, it's and ridiculous. It, and it all, it all is from, like, a woke, like, you know, there's not enough chicks or, you know it's all that kind of bullshit and and the people that are like obsessed with like the de-aging like i don't know man you're just missing you just got not getting it and then it wasn't even close to you know i we you have to discuss it with goodfellas and casino but not because of really just anything just because of just because it is it's but it's not like it's part three and you know i People are just so fucking stupid. I. Yeah. If you couldn't understand what he was doing with this film, then I can't help you. You know, it's if you look, if you know his career and where he started and then how he progressed and then where he's ended up, 
in, in especially in in this you know whatever you want to call it this gangster realm mm-hmm. you know of storytelling i think he he just kind of tied everything up in a nice bow yeah and and as much for us as for himself as you know the creator of all this and i don't know man i thought it was a perfect way to go out and i put the i'm i i could very easily say i put this movie up there i i don't know if i feel like ranking anything all i can say is it's up there at the top for me with you know my favorite scorsese films so that's well all i'll say well we yeah we never ranked them we watched i watched them all but hugo i still have to watch hugo and i guess some of the documentaries but we're not really counting those um but we were giving letter grades or at least i was and this is an a plus plus and absolutely so we're adding that to his list of a plus pluses and i think i think i remember what i was about to say with um before mason got hit in the head with a helmet uh but what you were just saying about how it's like just this movie just it it was an all-encompassing story now it's one of the great stories of our times that you know just the whole 50s and 60s and and everything that happened there with Kennedys and Hoffa and all that. It's just a great story just on its face. And then, yeah. you know, it's its its almost a summation of Scorsese's life and his work. You know, it's like a its a its a nice bookend to his work with Pesci and De Niro. Uh, you know, then it's overall just if you just, if you just come in at our left field and this is the first Scorsese movie you see, you know, it works for you, but then for people like us that have a lot invested with all of this, it means that much more to us. Like I, it, it, there's just there was so much happening. I I can't wait to really really delve. I agree. Yeah, and I definitely I just think there are a lot of parallels there with what you're watching in this story and what the story was about, and then just thinking about Scorsese's life and his career. And and the careers of those that were involved in the movie, there's just a his, lot there that his, we can get into. His life, all of the actors he's associated, their lives, our lives as viewers, our lives just in general, uh, and then, and then there was there was there was there was one part, and there's probably more, but there was one part where, you know, these guys have such long careers that they've played a lot of different parts. And then there was this one part where one 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 character was commenting with another character, telling him to meet another character that one of them had actually played before, and it just blew my fucking mind. Yeah, that was very meta. I picked up on it immediately. As soon as I, I saw, I'm like, oh wait a second. As it was happening, I'm like, oh my god, this is just I can't even I I couldn't even handle it. Well, because how could you ever forget that character? No, you know from that other movie. And then to see that person referenced in this movie, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And yeah, just the connection there. Yeah, it was, this, it was this, great. Is, this is fun. This cryptic conversation. Let's. Uh, yeah, I know. We're let's just really move on. fucking killing people with this one. So look, we're gonna do. Um, let's let's go. Sopranos episode eleven. Yeah. We're gonna knock that out in thirty minutes. All right. We're gonna do ten minute picks. We'll be done in ninety minutes. I promise you. And that'll be that. I'm gonna keep us on a tight timeline here. Man. Taskmaster. Yes. You ready to rock and roll on Sopranos? I, I have one question. Okay. Um, does Mills, Detective Mills, does, what what happens to him after he kills uh, 
John Doe. Does he get does he get charged with murder? That's a great question. Where first of all, what state are they in? California. That's California. So that's you... weird. All that rain. California. Well, I, I, that's odd to me. I never heard that about California. But that okay, was, that was a choice. Uh, that was not real rain. Well, understandable. But I mean, when you're going to set a movie in a city that's not known for rain, I'm assuming that was Los Angeles. Well, no, it was filmed there. It wasn't set there. No. Oh. Oh. So where was it set? Nowhere. Just they never tell you the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, what happens to Mills? Uh, I don't know. I think your wife's head gets cut off. Um, you're probably, the judge is probably going to go a little bit easier on you, but you're going to, you're going to spend some time in a psych facility. Ah, okay. You're saying, so it's, it's manslaughter and psych ward, psych ward, ward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, depressing ending. <clears throat> One of the more ha- depressing movies of the uh, 90s. House Arrest, Sopranos. Yeah. Episode 2, Season 11, the 24th episode in the series. It debuted in March 26, 2000. Written by Terrence Winter and directed by Tim Van Patten, old standbys. And... This is all about just an overview. It's Junior being under house arrest. You got Richie with the trash roots. And that's probably the main stuff. And then Tony, always Tony. But uh, yeah, we... everyone's kind of going stir crazy with their current situations. Right. So you have, uh, you have a, a trash trunk. This is pretty much an iconic opening scene. Uh, comes in front of a local like deli or something, and and just just empties empties out a, a trash, uh, you know, a whole whole load of, of trash on this guy's, you know, yeah, in the Indian deli owner's uh, parking lot, right, right, yeah, the Great Pretender song, Space Invader playing, uh, great soundtrack choices, um, this show as yeah. always, and uh, you see a call to the Zenon brothers. Zenon, I forget. And it's the, the guy who's answering the phone is he was in Godfather Three. He was Joey Zaza's uh, sidekick. Wow, that's great recall. I definitely wouldn't have. I wouldn't have figured that. Okay. All right. And so Richie's fucking around with the uh, the Indian deli guy. You know, you said double your garbage back if you're not satisfied, and you're talking shit. You're talking shit to <laughs> of, me. Of course, I don't want garbage back. <laughs> yeah, and, it's hilarious. And the garbage is all like free form garbage. There's no bags. It's just it's just lettuce. It's just food. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I seriously. First of all, how did they pick that up? So this uh, this this deli or restaurant just dumps all their shit right into the dumpster. Yeah, I guess they do. I was thinking more about the production team. You know, how many times did they have to film this, clean it up, film it again? You know, Uh, hopefully that was one take. Right. Hopefully Tim Van Patten's like, all right, let's one more time. (laughs) Imagine if the door popped open, like as the guy's rolling down the street by accident, all the shit shit just piles into the street. They got to clean it up and then do a retake. (laughs) Uh, 
I'm so crazy. I was noticing the street, and like when they pulled away, there was no remnants of trash. But as and but as they pulled away, you would see the drips of the trash coming out. So it's like if they sure. if they cleaned it, they did a great great job. Yeah, good work. All right, we're All never right. gonna get no, through thirty sorry. minutes at this pace. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, Tony goes to see uh, his lawyer, Mink, box of champagne. He, you know, because he didn't go to jail. And uh, he, Neil's like, uh, Tony's like, I was home all alone. And Neil says, yeah, you and Macaulay Culkin. And uh, <laughs> he's like, you got to steer clear of these shenanigans. My grandfather used to say shenanigans. And uh, Tony's like, I do. I know I am. And, you know, he's like, listen. He's like a big baby talking to his lawyer. His lawyer's telling him to stop with all the bullshit. He's like, "Okay, I will." Yeah, right. he sounds like he's twelve years old. Yeah, because he doesn't want, he doesn't want to not do this stuff. And he's like, "No, you know, he's a great point. The feds have a lot of money invested in you, and they're going to want a return on their investment." Right, they're going to get you eventually. Mm-hmm. They will just spend more time and resources to to pay off all the investment at this point. Uh, Junior's in the hospital. He had a stent put a stent put in, and he's kind of staggering back out of the bathroom. He's like, "Would you take a sledgehammer to my balls?" He says to the doctor, and uh, yeah. Bobby Bacala's like, "You could have used the bedpan." He's like, "I'm not a cat. I'm not gonna shit in a box." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Junior line. Yeah. One of his best. One of his best. And uh, he asked the nurse out. The nurse seemed like she was into him, and uh, and then the marshal marshal comes in. And to put on his uh, house arrest band bracelet on his on his leg, and uh, and that's it. Oh, they, yeah, they make the Marshall McLuhan joke, which I yeah, I never I really got. Really I don't know much about it. I googled it too, and it just was, it's just some famous guy. It's, you had to be old to yeah. get it. Uh, they asked him if he wants to eat. Junior's like, "You hear me with my balls? Who can eat? Who could fucking eat?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, help me here. Oh, we have the Dylan song, uh, Serve Somebody, off the soundtrack, I think. And, you know, Tony's just wandering around his house. He's looking out the window. He's eating a popsicle. He's reading the paper. You know, he doesn't know what the fuck to do. And then, you know, Carmelo leaves the house. So then he goes to um, he goes to see Melfi. And before he, he gets there, uh, she does a shot of Grey Goose. And he's telling her, he's like, you know, uh, I'm bored. I don't want to. I don't want to come here no more. And he was said something about it's like that. It's like that movie. I'm actually speaking of devil. She's like sliding doors. He's like, fuck no, seven. Yeah, seven. That is kind of weird. That yeah, is weird. He's watching seven. Um, yeah. And he's like, this. He's like, this. This is all bullshit. It's a waste of time, you know. And he shut it off. Seven. She's like, what'd you do then? And he said, well, then I went outside and I burned ants with a magnifying glass. Uh, <laughs> and she just looks at him like yeah. she's about to fall asleep. Right. And he's just drunk. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, now it's it's nihilist Tony, Mother Soprano. What do you do? You go to Italy, lift weights, all till you die. And she's right. like, I hear depression talking. And, you know, and he's, then he says... The things I take pleasure in, I can't do. Like, no, murder. Beating people up. Yeah, murder. Uh, banging whores. Uh, All right, I got to speed These are a, a few of... of his favorite things. Yeah. 
Junior's checking out. He sees this old, this woman used to know him, or her husband was a cop. Uh, her son is a cop, and he's like wheeling her out, and he's not really thrilled with Junior there. And uh, they have some small talk, and you know, talk about seeing each other. And he's like, you know, kind of leaves it up in the air. You know, he still lives in the same house or whatever. Um. Then. Oh, at, you get you lost yourself. I got I got it. He can't, why is Connie? Who's Connie? Connie? Yeah. Roberta? The old lady? Uh, oh, he was talking huh? about Connie. I think that's the woman that he shoved the pie into. And he was Oh, the... not not Connie. Bobby. Uh, I don't know who the fuck. Bobby is a sweet, sweet girl. Oh, I got it. I'm sorry. Tony's at the Barone office. Okay, he's sitting there. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna oh, we're gonna move some Connie stuff around." Is Connie is a secretary, and he's like, "Oh, nice yes. rack." And then Barone's yeah. like, "Yeah, she's a born again Christian." Like, all right. And, yeah, uh, I didn't understand that and why that was fascinating, but especially okay. for later on. And then, so he's like, "Listen, yeah. Tony, you got to talk to Richie. He's selling he's selling blow on the roots, and you know, obviously, big no no." Um. He's like, I can hide other things, but, you know, you bring this. This is the feds. This is DEA and on and on. So Tony gets the gets the picture there. So his first day on the job, he has to hear this bullshit from Barone. Melfi's at Elliot. Yeah, he already can't. He can't relax. He, no. he can't do the office thing because he's, now he's got to deal with Richie. Yes. Yeah, as we'll see, he really can't deal with the office. No. Um. Melfi's at Melfi's with Elliot Kupferberg, and she's like, "We talked about the Rico act, and and she said she's been drinking again." He asked her if she's an alcoholic, and you know, she's just saying that, that, that Tony's like a train wreck. She's a she's afraid and repulsed, but she wants to hear it. She wants to hear what he says, and um, you know, this is the first time someone's asking her if she's an alcoholic, right? And she says she's not. Right. This time. But that she's got a but she does have a drinking problem. Yeah. That's uh, so annoying. Elliot. I hate that guy. I know he's so obnoxious. David uh, Bog that's David Bogdanovich, right? He's a big time director in the seventies, I think sixties and seventies. Yeah, we've talked about him and then he was he I think he liked to bang underage chicks or at least marry them super young. Oh, did he? Or at least hey. as soon as they turned 18. Like, really weird. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's, like, the home nurse that's helping Junior with his uh, his breathing machine or his oxygen machine or for the snoring or the apnea. Yeah, sleep, sleep apnea. Yeah. And uh, she's saying, all right, you should have... 40 arousals a night and he's like oh I have more since I met you and she's like you're such a flirt and uh, and then uh, Catherine Romano comes in and she's she had brought him over some food and he's like he's like listen I feel bad but uh, she's like am I interrupting and she's like yeah you know my nurse just got here or something and and then she leaves and uh, and then the nurse is like you're awful you know why don't you talk to that nice lady and uh and it, so he said, so Junior says, what am I going to talk to that dreadnought about? Bunions? 
You know how I feel about feet. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't understand what his problem is and why he's making such a big deal about not wanting to have some conversation with with this woman. I guess he was so used to chasing younger tail, he doesn't know what to do with a person his age. I, I'm not quite sure I understood it. Well, I think I think it's two things. One, he he's on his heels because you know they were she was like a normal woman, you know, married to a cop, and he's a criminal. And yeah. he's embarrassed that he's on house arrest. And, you know, that's, that's, there's not many ways. He, you know, he probably wants it more than he would let on because he always struck out with the ladies. So this is, you know, a chance for him to to do something, but he doesn't know how. That, that makes a lot of sense. You're right. It's, it's probably mostly that house arrest piece. Yeah. He was embarrassed. Uh, there's at a country club, Barone, is, there's some sort of uh, banquet. And uh, Janice shows up in, in, in a sweater and she looks like she's playing the part of like, you know, the good little suburban wife. And so Richie's there so... and then Tony and him, he's like, he pulls him aside. He's like, I have to have a little talk. And he's like, you can't have, you can't sell Coke on the roots. And this is like, I, I, I say this to this day. He's like, it's a little Coke. The way he says it to him, it's a little coke, and right. And then of course the famous one of Tony's like, "Well, don't do it. I'll fuck you up." Whatever he says, don't give me those fucking Manson lamps. Just, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone besides Italians refer to eyeballs as lamps. <laughs> I, I've never heard any other ethnicity refer to eyeballs as lamps. Yeah, it's true. I never, it's an Italian I thing. never thought about it, but yeah, yeah. But there are lamps, um, and then he, he he leaves, and he just starts he starts going down like panic attack and journeys more than a feeling is playing, and uh, Tony just just goes down, and he goes to a doctor, goes to the emergency room, and the doctor's like, good news, uh, you're, you know, you're, all your signs are fine. It's not a heart attack. And he's like, he's pissed. He's like, you know, pills, analysis, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, nothing physical. She's like, I thought you'd be happy. And she's like, you know, she gets pissed because he's like cursing. She's like, you know, losing some weight wouldn't help. Yeah, it it's hurt, a great line. Hurt. And she's, yeah. she's right. She's right. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And he was being a jerk off to a doctor and he deserved it. I thought it was great. I loved it. And then Car Carmela's really digging in. She's like, Oh, you the pills, the analysis, like what do you pay her for? Like just emphasizing right. that he's talking to a woman. And uh, you know, it's just all driving him crazy. And uh <laughs> so now Junior is fucking around with the kitchen his kitchen sink and Bobby says, Oh, I need a flange to fix that and Junior's like, When are you gonna when when's that gonna happen? Saint Smithen's Day? I don't know what that what is. What is Saint Smithen's Day? I guess I don't know. It must I be some like it. Catholic Catholic holiday that they celebrated in the fucking forties. I love it. Saint Smithen's Day. And then for some reason they start asking about Roberta. That's the pile of woman. And uh, yes. she's like, she had a great ass and uh she talked too much, but what a piece. She was as game as they come. <laughs> I don't know why I love as, that game, so as game as they come. As game as they come. Yeah, Bobby. It was by, her. Her nickname was Bobby. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 that woman is not your aunt. 
What? You don't remember um, when Livia says that about her? <laughs> when they talk, start calling her Aunt Bobby? I guess it's uh, uh, AJ says something and Livia says, that woman is not your aunt. <laughs> There's, there was only one good Livia thing in this episode. We'll get there. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a book club in Tony's house and all the ladies there, and it's just more just just more people have stuff that they do, but you know Tony just doesn't fit in anywhere. And no. Silvio calls up, and they got all this World War II stuff that they stole on the Y, and you know Pussy's doing his Colonel Clink or or his Hogan's Heroes impressions, and it's and, so hilarious. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, there's Patton's Jeep that he had in Italy and uh, uh, Luger and all this stuff. And Tony's like, nah, nah, I, I can't do it. And he's just like miserable. Yeah, why couldn't he go down there and do that at least? I guess he was trying to stay disciplined. Yeah, he's just trying to stay stay away from all of it. Uh, Melfi's out to dinner with her son. And, you oh, know. Great scene. Right. They're talking. He's like something about his major and, and, you know, she's, she's annoying him a little bit, but then the smoker is just kind of, you know, she's, she's smelling the cigarette smoke, the table next to her. And back she, when you could still smoke in a restaurant. Yeah. Right. 2000. And, um, she's like, can you move your cigarette? And the lady's like, no, or, you know, she's just like, no, she's like, why not? She's like, cause you're rude. And, you know, <laughs> Melfi's like, I clearly said, excuse me. And, you know, she's like, I can smoke here. It's a, it's a, I'm against the law. And they talk about New Jersey. And then the woman says about Melfi, she must be drunk. And, you know, that hit home for Melfi. And she's like, move the, I said, move was, the fucking thing. And, <laughs> yeah, it was a trigger. Yeah. And, you know, I think she, did she smack it out of her or did she try to take it or? She threw it. She threw oh, her, right. t- her napkin at her. That's right. The napkin in the face. And, uh, you know, they get kicked out of the restaurant and, and Jason's embarrassed and leaves. And... It was embarrassing. Yeah. 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 I, could, I couldn't imagine my parent, one of my parents doing that at a restaurant, creating a scene like that. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. You know, she was she was drunk. Yeah. She's a, she's official. Uh, we cut to nighttime and Junior's still stuck in his sink. So I guess we sh- I shouldn't have mentioned he was reaching in his sink and then. You know, I guess his hand got stuck. So now we see him, you know, hours later. He's still stuck. Six hours. Right. Janice and Richie come in. They're just kind of laughing at him. And uh, and and uh, this is another good one. He's like, all right, I'll get me, uh, you know, I'll get the, uh, I'll get some butter. And Richie's like uh, lubing him up or no, whatever, the, the soap. And he's like, yeah, he's let it go limp. Let soap. it go limp. You're flexing. You're flexing. You're flexing. <laughs> You're flexing. <laughs> and, and he's asking Junior, are you coming to the engagement party? And then he gives him an envelope. And Junior's like, this is light. And he's like, yeah, well, I was at the garbage man's ball. And uh, you know, you told me that no, <laughs> no more coke. And Junior's pissed. And where, where does he get the affrontery? Affrontery, <laughs> grandmas or not, he's the boss. Grandmas or not. Oh wait, you you skipped over a part where Janice says, "Hey, I'll I'll make some coffee." He says, "I don't give a shit if you do or you don't." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she said, "Why why don't you call us?" He's like, "What with my fucking toes?" <laughs> Junior, 
just the funniest person in the entire fucking show. Yeah. Where does he get the affrontery? Perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And so, you know, Richie's still trying to, like, say, hey, man. And I'm sure Richie took out a little bit more out of that envelope, too. Or, you know, kept a little. Right. It's, to make it it shouldn't have lighter. been as light as it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richie's no dummy. No. So now Tony, we cut to Tony at Barone's office, and he's like, he's he's drawing, and he's drawing a fish a fishbowl. He, he's got a ruler, and he's got a rash, and he's scratching himself. He's fucking bleeding. Disgusting. Con- Secretary Connie looks on looks in on him, and she's like, like really just like pitying this guy. Like, what's wrong with him? And um, you know, he's he's kind of going stir crazy. Melfi. Uh, well, he's also the boss, and I think she's a little intrigued. Yeah, sure. As always, Tony attracts these uh, nitwits <laughs> right. that are power. You know, they love the power. Melfi. Uh, Melfi now is crying with with Kupferberg. She's like, "I embarrassed my son," and he, you know, talks her into again about that she's she's an alcoholic and you know or compulsive, and so she she cops to it, and. That's that's about it there. Yeah. Um, Junior and Tony meet in the doctor's office and, you know, they're talking about how they, they would use to settle things amicably and, uh, yeah, Tracy. Duh. So they, Junior, basically Tony's like, well, tough shit. We're not, you know, you can't sell, you can't sell the Coke on the routes. And, and then he puts on the uh, the doctor fits him up for a new machine, and Tony says, "How many makes did you shoot down last week?" Right. Tony always goes for the low hanging fruit jokes. You know yeah. that. Top Gun. Um, right. So then, then Junior comes out. He's like, "Where's my man? I got there was half a tray in there." And Bobby had eaten it all that Ramona had made for right. him. <laughs> of course, Bacala did. Yeah. You know, you're going to leave a tray of men I got in the, in the fridge with Bobby Bacala around. It's so, not, not advisable. So then he's like, you know what? I'm going to call this woman. He's calling 411. Like when he used to do that. And he's like, cocksucking Bell- Belleville, the town she lives in. I still and love I, that scene. Huh? I just love, I always love that part where he's yeah. cocksucking Belleville. To this day, I curse at, at at phone, you know, at the automated messages. Um, when I said I'm always in, I rent minivans quite a bit, or rent, and I always set up my phones on the Bluetooth, and they say, you know, what's the name of your phone? It's all verbal, and I'm like, you know, I just say V. And then what? they ask me like five times, I'm like, V, V, V. And then finally I say, motherfucking V. And then they, they like to hear, I guess they want to hear two syllables or something. And then that's so, you know, there's people jumping in cars, rental cars, setting up their phones, and they're going to hear my voice saying, motherfucking V, like <laughs> in many cars. So one thing I hate along those lines, uh, for Olivia's school, they have this like automated system that sends out alerts. So say something went wrong, it has every parent's phone number in it. I'm sure you're familiar with this. Mm-hmm. And maybe they did it at your kids' schools, and they will send like a, a a message to your phone. It's it's usually just like this automated message. It's not even a human voice. It's just just robot voice. And the problem is every time this thing fucking calls you, 
So, like, you'll answer. I know it's not the school, someone from the school calling me. I, I pick it up, and I just listen. If you make one fucking sound, the goddamn recording starts over again. Oh, no. It's, it's like if you click. Yeah, so now, look, I mean, finally, I figured out, all right, well, let me just pop my fucking phone on mute as soon as I answer it, which is what I do. <laughs> so that, you know, so it doesn't. But, you know, like the first couple of times you, you, you go through it, you're like, you know, you'll clear your throat and this fucking boring message, you know, and it's always like tomorrow's lunch is chicken nuggets. Oh, it's no. like they send like emergency alerts for the, the craziest things. It's not for what you would think an emergency alert would be for, you know, don't forget to uh, order the grocery gift cards tomorrow. You know, it's the last day or oh, whatever. Jesus. the fuck. Yeah, but, you know, so you're in the middle of listening to this bullshit and, you know, you accidentally sneeze like a, a human might and the whole damn thing starts over again. So and you're afraid to not listen because what if they slide in something important in the end? So, you know, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I, but anyway, automation. Automation. <clears throat> uh, uh, Tony goes to a doctor for his rash, regular doctor. And he's like, do you have any undue stress? You know, and and Tony tells the doctor, he's like, I'm talking to a, a you know. A, oh, no, the doctor said to him, Kuzumano says you see a psychotherapist. Now, in, a what, psychotherapist. in what world would Kuzumano recommend a dermatologist or just a, a, a regular doctor and tell him that the patient he's going to get is seeing a shrink, too? Like, who would tell this? And then why would he tell Tony? But but Tony... well, I, I guess a doctor could in full yeah. disclosure. I guess so. Well, Tony, sure. Tony took it in stride and uh, and the doctor said, well, you should talk to him about stress management. Um, so then we cut to him banging Connie uh, sitting, right. sitting down doggy style in his, <laughs> at his desk. And the phone's ringing. Yeah. You know, he's bang, the dog outside's barking away. <laughs> but, you know, old Tony. Uh, old Tony. Romano Romano finally comes over and, you know, they're talking about, you know, how long the different paths their lives have taken. Junior's like, yeah, all, all leading to the cemetery. And, uh, and she asks him, she's like, was my Lou, her ex-husband, or her husband that died, you know, was he ever on the take? And, you know, Junior's like, no, no, he was, you know, he was a straight as straight arrow. And and she's like, well, I used to find, you know, cash on him. And Junior's like still defending. He's like, ah, probably racetrack. He's like, somebody has to win. So now he's like, the, <laughs> you know, basically defending a cop. I'm sure every cop took something back then. You would think, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of tough to turn your, your, your nose at everything. And not only that, I think if you're if you're the one straight cop, you you might be afraid of getting clipped by all the cops who are not as on the straight and narrow, because they're afraid that you're gonna rat them out. Yeah, it's the same old story. Have you you you've seen that episode in uh, Better Call Saul, right? Uh probably not. If it was season four, I haven't. No, seen it was. I don't think yet. it was season four. It was season two. No? The story of Mike when he was a cop. Oh, really? yeah, of course. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Tremendous. Yeah, very uh, great, great backstory. 
Uh, Carmel and Tony are at an open house, and they're meeting Rich and Jan. And uh, Jan. <laughs> Rich comes in in a members-only jacket, and he's wearing this like mauve, like sweatsuit, <laughs> under it. And you know <laughs> they're talking about school districts and and uh, you know Richie is just like. You know, Tony's like, I got to get out of here. Um, well, the whole thought of Janice and Richie settling down in this this home in the suburbs, it's fucking absurd. Like, Tony was a thousand percent right. It's bizarre. Of course. I mean, His sister's crazy. He called them Ozzy and Harriet from, like, episode two. Like, yeah, this is silly. And, and why is Richie going along with it? Uh, I, he's so strange. Well, it's his way into the family, so then he can get a better position in, okay, in yeah, another sure. family. Um, and, you know, he's like, Tony's like telling Richie, watch his money. And then he's like, then he starts getting like a little fucked up a little bit. So he's like, he, I'm leaving. And he, he kind of left. And, and then Richie's like watching him out the window and he's waving at him. <laughs> and Tony's like, yeah, that was so, that was also yeah. strange. Tony's like, you poor bastard. And, uh, now was was little Ricky uh, sashaying around the house in this scene? I can't remember. No, uh, not this one. Oh, okay, got it. Sorry, fast forward there. Um, now we're back at Barone's office, and Barone's like, uh, Tony, you know, uh, Richie, you know, you got to you got to tell Richie about the, about the coke. He's like, I told him already. He's not. It's all. It's not going to do it anymore. He's like, well, someone sold coke last night. And uh, Tony had his ruler out, and he was doing like a, a, you know, a block pool. And instead of like, you know, instead of saying I'll handle it, he's like, Dick, I'm trying to work on this office pool here. <laughs> he, <laughs> it was busy. Yeah, he gets busy. Out, he gets out the whiteout, and uh, you know, he's just not going to deal with this. He's like, he can't, you know, how's he going to control this anymore? He's really taking this, you know, decrease your stress level too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Livia calls up Junior on telephone. Junior's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Call my home!" And she's like, "Now listen, I'm the only one in this family that doesn't curse. If you would do me that favor." And uh, she's like, "It's not easy being abandoned, is it?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, always the negative." I had a stroke. Junior's like, "I know. I don't live in Oshkosh." <laughs> <laughs> And I heard you're keeping company with that Catherine Romano. She's so sweet. She let Johnny feel her up behind the Sons of Italy Hall. <laughs> oh, God, she's always just got the worst news about everyone. Everyone. <laughs> she's, she's got like a Rolodex with your name on it. And on, and on the card is like the worst thing you've done. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Livia, what you don't know could fill up a, <laughs> a book and he hangs up on her. He, Fucking hangs up on her. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and I think he's telling to uh, Romano, Catherine about that. And, and she's like, that woman's life. She was never well. That woman's life is very sad. And uh, Junior's like, please, if she sell down a sewer pipe, she'd come up with a gold watch in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard that before about Livia. Yeah. Um, it, I guess she was, uh, she must have been sick at this point, right? Nancy Marchand. She's yeah. not in very many episodes and, and very, I mean, very many scenes even. 
um, in in like the second half of the season. It's kind of a bummer. It is. I feel like we missed out there. Oh, fuck yeah, we did. She's always sitting down and yeah. Yeah, that just quick scenes, mm-hmm. really short. Yeah. Uh, Catherine asks him, she's like, you know, let's go to friendlies, let's go out. I enjoy you, Corrado. I always did. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, and he, he, he finally, finally admits to, uh, or does he hear, do it here? I don't know. Hold on. My notes. Oh, we're almost done. Uh, yeah, it's all right. He, t- he, he basically lets on that he's under house arrest. Yeah. Uh, so Tony's talking about, you know, keeping a low profile, you know, I'm still a miserable pick prick only, you know, only this is the only country where a pursuit of happiness is guaranteed. And, you know, and Melfi's like the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> and, and he's like, always, a, always a loophole. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. The pursuit's guaranteed, he, not the happiness. <laughs> She's like, you're, you're like a sharp. You always keep moving. You need a ceaseless action to, you know, you needed to avoid the abhorrent things that you've done. And, I thought that was a very interesting oh, yeah. analogy. And, you know, a certain personality trait, she says. And she's like, you know, he's like, what kind? And she's like, antisocial. Um, Go ahead. What do, you, what do you have to say about that? Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I love, like I said, I love the comparison. I think we're we're nearing the end of this episode. We are, are we not. Yeah. Uh, I'm skipping this because I can't read my writing on the what I said. That's fine. Uh, Don't worry about it. There's some really bad snoring and, and from Junior and Catherine goes over and she like you know adjusts his his, his thing, um, and then. You know, everyone's just kind of like locked into their their boring little wor- little worlds here, and so now we go to uh, Satrials and and Pussy is showing Furio a, a club magazine, and uh, <laughs> Paulie and Sylvia are making gravy. Uh, Chrissy's there. We we just completely glossed over Chrissy's uh, recuperation. He's out of the hospital, and yeah, he's fine now. Yeah. So Tony comes in and he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, the gun charge won't stick," and uh, and they talk about his job at the docks, and you know, there's a shoe shine, and and Paulie's putting on moisturizer, and, and he's like, "Silva, you want to try this moisturizer? It's all the most boring shit in the world." He's like, "I'm having good luck," or what do you say? "I'm having good luck with some fucking moisturizer yeah. for his skin." <laughs> and Silvio's like, "Yeah, maybe I'll try that." Yeah. Yeah, you know, Tony's just kind of sitting there, and he loves it. I mean, this is the worst. And so then uh, they hear they hear this crash, and they all go outside, and there is like, you know, this guy Carmine was speeding around, and Tony's like, Carmine was speeding against Sill, go tell him. And you know, uh, they have a cigar. And then a great song plays out the episode. Right. Well, first Agent Harris comes by with the new guy. Oh yeah. And they're talking about the nets and they're kind of, you know, they're all like, and Tony's like, Oh, they, there's no, no openings at the post office, but they're all kind of cordial and talking around and looking at this. It's like, yeah, this guy's always speeding. And then it, the song is from Johnny thunders and it's, you can't put your arm around the memory. Don't try. Don't try. Great tune. I always loved it at the end of that episode. And then I love how, Pussy kind of turns and goes back inside, almost as if he's he's separated from this crew. Ah, 
good one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you ever kind of noticed it that way, but two things about this. Um, actually, that was number one. Number two, it always kind of bummed me out that they didn't do more with this Catherine. I kind of liked her character. Yeah. She. She. You know. I liked her for Junior. I think it would have been interesting to introduce maybe her as whether it was like a romantic thing or just two people getting up and in, in getting along in years and maybe just spending time together it might have been interesting for him to have that female presence in his life you know but i guess that's not what they wanted to do so i just thought it would have been interesting that's all for him to not be alone yeah you know it, it would definitely have been an interesting take to see how what a civilian would think after being married to a cop, you know, yeah. kind of entering this world a little bit. So what's your grade for this episode? Um, I don't know. It, probably a B, B plus maybe. I mean, there's so much good junior stuff, but it's, I mean, there's great Richie stuff too. Uh, it's an A, an A, sorry. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm staying with a B. I, I do agree. I mean, there was certainly there was a ton of Junior in this, which is always a good thing. Some good Richie stuff for sure. I just got bored with the whole Tony subplot in this episode. I was really surprised looking back oh, on it. I kind of forgot how. Well, yeah, understandable. But being that this was episode eleven in a thirteen episode season. I was expecting more out of it. You know, you're leading up to... I get it. You're leading up to whatever they call it, a penul penultimate episode. All right. Uh, Here's what I'll say. What? I'll change, yeah. it, I'll change it back to a B with the caveat that there's just wonderful Richie and Junior stuff. There is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's a, look, they're great. I mean, there's tons of episodes where even when the episode isn't great, like I'm sure... In the Columbus Day episode, which we will get to someday, <laughs> someday, there were great there were great moments in it, um, but it doesn't mean the episode was great. Yeah, a ton of great Junior, a ton of R Richie is awesome. We don't have Richie for very much longer, so I should be just appreciating it while it lasts. But yeah, just not not a super impressive episode. It's a B, which is still saying something. It's almost like it, no episode goes be below a B, really. It, no. It's hard to believe that Richie was only there for one season. It just it's such an impact. It's a bummer. Yeah. yeah I would have liked to have had a little more Davy Scatino, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know how much more you could have got out of him. I don't know. They could have stretched it out a bit more. <laughs> Get back. Yeah, two seasons of him scrounging around, maybe. Get back in your fucking hole, that comment. Yeah, Davey. Congratulations. It's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Okay. That's it. All right. So that wraps Sopranos. up that episode. Sopranos. Well, look, Fans I mean, Sopranos. You can't say too much bad about it. Nah. I guess you could say this was the speeded up version. We still rattled on for about 40 minutes about it. And, and this is a Times Yours episode, believe it or not. It is. And now is about the time we, we typically would get to our Eagles thoughts and I don't know that we have to go super deep on that. No. And then uh, our picks for the week. Uh, so how are you feeling about this? The Eagles are playing the Patriots this Sunday. I believe it's a 425 game, it is. if I'm not mistaken. It is. Which is great. 
We uh, great time of day. I, you know, I think we've kind of talked about this already. Um, you know, the big thing is um, I'm annoyed by this stupid what the narrative is going to be if 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 Carson Wentz loses. I do um, I do think that I'm not sure the Patriots have the right offense to take advantage of our shitty defense. And our defense is playing a little bit better and, you know, is getting healthier. And I would hope that Doug would run the ball more. Run the ball. Run the ball more. Run, Jesus, run the ball more. Run the, mall, run the ball more. <laughs> Did I get hit in the helmet? It. Well, it's a little late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking Mason Rudolph over here. Um, but I just uh, – I. I don't, I don't, here's the problem with the Eagles, right? So the Eagles, the Eagles, what, 1930 through, 19, oh my God, I really can't speak. 1933 (laughs) was their first season, right? You know, they've had a a long history. They, you know, they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. It's a storied franchise that Mm -hmm. has a whole position group called receivers that can't receive a ball can't receive a pass and even if Doug decides to have a more run run happy game plan I don't know if it matters and I I, I just don't see how the Eagles win this game why I I do I I the only here's what I would say I don't think I don't think Doug's a dummy I think Doug is capable of coming up with a with a good game plan I'm sick of hearing about how Belichick takes away what you do best. Guess what? The good news is the Eagles don't really do anything best right now. (laughs) So I think what that means is Belichick is going to focus on taking away the tight ends and probably trying to stop the run. So I just just think that Doug has to – it can't be the same old offense. He's got to come out. He's got to mix it up. We know that we're not going to be able to go deep. You're not going to want to throw deep on this secondary anyway. So you automatically know that this game is going to be played. The offense is going to be played within, say, 15, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be short gains, and it's going to, you're going to have to matriculate down the field nice and slow. And, you know, we do have some personnel that can get that done for you. I think if I trust Aguilar to catch a ball maybe 10, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, maybe not... 20, 25 yards away. So I think if you have a lot of Aguilar streaking across, maybe some run pass option. I don't think you can run. You can line up Miles Sanders in the slot like we like to see him do. Uh, you can't do it too often anyway because Belichick knows what you're doing with that. And they have Jamie Collins, who I think is going to be able to cover Miles Sanders. I think that's going to be a problem. Uh, two things that I'm hearing that don't make me feel good is that Jeffrey's potentially out and Jordan Howard's potentially out. They're both dealing with, I think Howard's got a shoulder injury, Jeffrey's got an ankle injury. Jeffrey's, for some reason, aged 20 years this season anyway. Right. Not sure what he does for you, but he is another target. They're going to probably take away Earth, so that hurts. I don't know, man. Another receiver's got to step up a little bit here, even if it's just short passing you know, routes. Jordan Matthews? But... Oh look, Jordan Matthews can catch the ball. Yeah, he can. At least I know that about him. Is this going to be J- possession? Is this JJ's coming out party? No. Or secret weapon? No, it's not. 
It's not. No, you're going to have to get production out of Aguilar. You're going to have to get something out of your run game. And I'm hoping that they take away Ertz, but they, I think you got to run a lot of two tight end sets. And hopefully Goddard can, can get something done. You know, I mean, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be an ugly game. Well, and if the Eagles win, it's going to be close, obviously. To argue against myself, if, you know, if the Dolphins can gut out a win on the road in Indianapolis, you know, why can't the Eagles gut out a win at home against the Patriots? Uh, as far as the Eagles know, they own this fucking team. Doug owns them. Okay? So, Belichick, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. But I, I don't know. I don't. What else is there besides scheming to, to stop Ertz? And trying to limit the run game. That's what he's going to do. So you just have to come up with something else. I think Doug's capable of that. Yeah. I, all right, this is, You're right. This isn't the, the Patriots offense that's going to kill us. It's just not. It's not. But do I want to take the three and a half? I don't know. Yeah, of course. I do. Yeah, I, I oh. mean, I think that the Eagles win outright. So, oh. yeah, I, I've, I've kind of rethought this. Um, maybe some of it has something to do with watching this team be vulnerable against the Ravens. And you see that it's possible for a team to, to kind of kick their ass around a little bit. And if we know one thing, it's the Eagles' D-line has the capability of getting through to Brady. That uh, that that Patriots offensive line isn't anything special. No, but I, um, I mean, at this point, maybe I'm just in reverse jinx mode. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm taking the Patriots. Okay, and, well, we're and, on the opposite sides there. So and I, already, you know, I'm saying it's, you know, it's it's uh, twenty-two seventeen, something like that. Okay. Well, I'm getting three and a half on this one. Yeah. Right. You got a score. Yeah. Okay. Give me a score. Sure. Um, I'll say twenty-one seventeen Eagles. Okay. All right. Let's let's breeze breeze through our picks. Sure. I am at uh, my record is thirty-two forty-five and two. It's fucking horrible. I'm at forty-one percent. Uh, <laughs> you're thirty-six thirty-nine and two. At forty-seven percent, um, I've got a million. So I didn't make much headway. A little bit. It was last last week in a little bit of a tie. I got one, two. I got four. I have four first half over under picks. Rapid fire. You ready? All right. Jets Washington. Sure. Go ahead. Jets Washington under nineteen and a half. Denver, Minnesota, over 19 and a half. Saints, Tampa, under 24 and a half. And Buffalo, Miami, under 21 and a half. Okay. So all sounds great. I'm not doing any of those. Okay. I'm no good at overs and unders. Uh, you know, first half, maybe. I don't know. I just don't have a great deal of confidence. I'm going to I'm gonna pick a couple games here, okay? Go ahead. I like the Buccaneers getting five and a half. I know the Saints' defense is great. I just don't think that they play well on the road. I think that Breeze's arm is fucking pathetic. Yeah. 
I, you know, so I, I don't think that they're going to score a great deal. I just think, you know, plus five and a half. I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice there. I've seen the Buccaneers offense. It looks really good this year. Saints defense is tough, but they're not at home. So I don't know. I just kind of like this one in Tampa Bay. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. So ho- hopefully it's uh, favorable for Jameis. You got any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I don't, it's it's too weird for me because it's it's a division game, and after the Saints got humiliated, but I agree with you. If it was Bridgewater, I'm like, all right, but I, you know how I feel about Breeze. Yeah, he's 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 he just can't throw it the way he used to, and but I'm not I'm not I don't want to be on the I don't want to pick the same I don't want to pick either side actually this game. I'm just. I don't know. After that stinker that the Saints threw out there last week against an equally poor defense in the Atlanta Falcons, I, I don't know. And the Bucks can actually stop the run. So it's not like I think that Latavius Murray is going to have a big day or Kamara, at least not like running between the tackles. You know, I guess they'll send Kamara out on his, his little wheel routes and, and, and that sort of thing. But I don't know. Look, the Buccaneers can score, man. Like Evans and, and – uh, and Godwin, they're the real deal. I just don't see the the Saints blowing this team out of the water if they're going to win at all. So, all right, Bucks plus five and a half. And I can't believe I'm, uh, you know what? I'm not going to go there. God damn, I was going to go to the Redskins Jets game. I just can't no, do it. You can't. I I just I can't. It's like throwing away money. Uh, I do not like the Broncos at all. But I also don't think that the Vikings should be laying 10 against them. Hmm. I like the Broncos plus 10. I think that's too many points. I think the Vikings are due for a little bit of uh, air out of their balloon. And this feels like the right spot. The Broncos are going to sneak up on them. Away game for Denver. Denver certainly nothing special. But their defense can play. And I think if the, especially if the Vikings don't have Thielen. I'm a little scared about that piece. Uh, a little scared about that, but I like the ten points. I, I like Denver plus ten. Yeah, I would if I chose a side, I would go there. Okay. I think it's going to be a yeah, just a slugfest, just 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 a mess. Um, I'm actually I'm actually concerned would be concerned about a backdoor cover from the Vikings in that one. Oh, would you? Yeah. What were they just put the cherry on top with a late score? Yeah, they're you know they're up three, or no, they're you know they're up six, and they're right. not doing a thing, and then they, you know, get some crazy touchdown. Um, That's possible. I also could see a Broncos uh, like a sack fumble, for a touchdown. Hmm. Well, a Von Miller. This is action. another hurdle for Cousins. He's won his he's won his road game at night. Now you come home after a big win. This is a you know this is a must win. You can't afford, you can't just blow this one at home. No, I agree. I, I agree with you, but uh, you know stranger things have happened. I'm going. Uh, my big bet of the week is uh, the Oakland Raiders giving eleven and a half at home to the Bengals. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. The Bengals have given up, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm going back to the well with Dallas on the road in Detroit. I'm going to lay the five. Um, so there's actually a line in that game. Yeah, it's five. Because I'm not seeing one. Okay. 
All right, so five. You, you're laying five. Yeah, I think is Stafford not playing or he is playing? I don't think he is. But either way, I don't. I don't think it matters. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, Driscoll. Driscoll didn't look all that great. So you don't. Um, you don't have any fear. You you believe that the Raiders can beat the Bengals by eleven and a half or by twelve? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that scares me about the Raiders is they don't have a. I don't think they have a very good secondary. I know the Bengals. It's not like they're like an an air assault, but I don't know. I just I don't like that eleven and a half. Eventually, the Raiders get a let have a letdown game as well. They're riding a little too high. I'm a little nervous. A little nervous for you, Jeff. Don't be. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, All right. Two more picks. I'm done. Um, Miami. Taking the, I'm taking my Dolphins at home, getting six and a half from the Bills. And I like the Rams. I'm going back to that well after they killed me last week, giving six to the Bears. Uh, that's just I don't like the Bears on the road. I really like your Miami pick. I'm I'm jumping on that one okay. as well. Um, I'm definitely picking. Well, we already discussed our Eagles Patriots. I'm definitely picking both of these uh, Sunday night and Monday night games. Uh, I I love the Rams laying six. I I don't think Trubisky's going to travel well. Um, so the, you know that feels like a no brainer to me. The Rams bounce back, and I think they thump the Bears. The only problem potentially there is that uh, Jared Goff's offensive line stinks and they can't run the ball and the Bears have a pretty good defensive front. So something to think about, but I still like it. Chiefs in L.A. playing the Chargers and the Chiefs are laying four. In Mexico. Oh, this one's in Mexico. Okay, so they are going to play in Mexico. It's not getting canceled again. Right. All right. I think that I have to – oh, god damn! I can't believe I'm going to do this. I think that I have to take the Chargers plus four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Chiefs' defense is just not good. And come on. I mean, the Chargers, they, they can run the ball. Anyone can run the ball against the Chiefs. Anyone can throw the ball against the Chiefs. Too much talent on the Chargers. Getting four – in it's not really a home game, but whatever. It's closer to their home than it is Kansas City, so that's my pick. Chargers plus four. Yeah, I picked the Char- that's it. I picked the Chargers to win, but I'm not. I'm not really picking this game. Um, okay. I think. I, well, you picked the Chargers to win. I would think that you would be on the side of plus four. I would, but I'm not. A, I'm not going to officially do it. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I need more. I need more picks. Actually, I'm going to. Yeah, I should pick just everything. I'm going to add in the Chargers, and oh god, I want to take the Cardinals. Can I do it? I'm going to take the Cardinals. Uh, I wanted to take the Cardinals also. That that's a that's a huge spread, but man, I'm taking the Cardinals. Their ten and a half isn't very good. The Niners, they can just wear them down. They just played an overtime game, short week loss. I'm going Cardinals. I'm picking almost every game. That Niners defense is going to be out for blood. That's fine. Uh, they were just embarrassed. I wanted to take the Jaguars just based on Nick Foles' like, inspirational quote today, if you saw that. But I like the Colts, man. I think the Colts... Brissette's back, right? 
Percent's back. Yeah, oh, I love the Colts in that one. I should have taken that. I am. I'm, but I didn't. I'm taking them. I got a lot of picks. I'm adding the Colts. And Cardinals. Yeah, I can't I can't bet against Nicky Foles just yet. Last time I saw him, he launched a ball downfield. He's seventy five yards and a touchdown before he went out of the game with a busted collarbone. I'm not, I'm not counting him nah. out yet. And I'm taking uh, well, I'm I'm taking the Colts anyway, um, just because of rust for Nick and bad offensive line. I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm not I'm not being I'm not scared off from Atlanta's win. Um, Panthers. I'm scared off by the Panthers' defense, which doesn't appear to be all that great. No, I thought it was, and it's not. But you know, you're thinking too logically here. And, uh, I guess so. Yeah, it's you know Atlanta outside of their dome. And I'm going to take the Texans um, in Baltimore, getting four. Yeah, I thought about that, and I think that the Ravens are going to cover. So I'm taking the opposite side. All right, I'm, I got the Ravens Officially? minus four. All right. Officially, yeah. All right, so I have four. So I'm glad. I was waiting for you to take. I was hoping you would take the Texans because I wanted to go against you. All right, good. I have 14 so picks. There you are. I don't have 14. I think I have like maybe seven, six. That's fine. I don't need to catch up as badly as you. No, I got Yeah, I got it. I mean, what's the fucking difference at this point? So I might as well just go balls to the wall. Well, the difference is you could come back next week at like 30% instead of 40. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what that's, I'm going to do. Difference. I'm adding in the Jets. Little road. Yeah, that would be the side that I like. Little road dog action. Jet New York Jets, I'm betting them. The only thing I would say is the Redskins defense doesn't suck. And the Jets offense, I guess it's okay. But they couldn't score against the fucking Giants last week. Oh, wait, did they beat the Giants? They beat the Giants. They beat the Giants, they did. It was the Giants that couldn't score against them. I got my New York team screwed up. Wow. All right. All right, sure. Go there for you it. Go. Six, I, I'm, not ta- I'm not touching that game. 16 picks. Ah, oh, you're fucking Vegas Vic over here. <laughs> All right, well. That's it. It's good. It's great to see that we kept it to two hours. Time's yours. So uh, time is the time. We're going to give the time back to the people. Um, I, I, I had a lot of fun tonight talking about the Irishman. Uh, it, it was good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm. I'll be happy to come back and talk about the movie in full next week. Yes, I can't wait to. In fact, next week we should just do a whole Irishman. That sounds good. Uh, we'll just do full on Irishman next week. I love it. Maybe mix. Jeff, it's been real. Yes. That's it. I'm. I'm just shutting it down yeah, right good. now. That's it. It's. It's all done. Jeff has been real. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for being a wonderful co-host. And please uh, tell us uh, how you feel about uh, JFK. <sighs> Fuck him. Fuck him, bootlegger. We got DJ Kool and Duck get fresh. Rock it to the beat, cause we are the best. We got Dougie Fresh and Biz Marquee. Rock it to the beat and the place to be. We got Biz Marquee and DJ 20. So hit me with the horns and make that money. Let me see those hands again. Everybody jump.
city. <laughs>